Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to episode 81 of Hollywood and Levine, and I'm your podcast host. Today's topic is casting, and I have a treat for you today. My guest is Sheila Guthrie. Now, Sheila is a longtime casting director. In fact, she cast two series that David Isaacs and I created, and she was very instrumental in casting Frasier. Now, usually, I like my podcast interviews to be about a half an hour. I mean, that's pretty much how long you can stand the Stairmaster. But Sheila and I sat down, and we chatted for over an hour, and it's all good stuff. So I'm going to break it up into two parts. Part one is this week. Part two will be next week. This week, we're going to talk about the process, what she's looking for in a casting session, the value of soap operas, feedback, and the craziness of pilot season. Actors, take note. Sheila Guthrie, this week on Hollywood and Levine. So as a producer, I have always felt that casting was the most crucial part of the process because everything else you can fix. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think to get best of all worlds, to find someone that you do not need to do much with. You like their instincts. They tell the story you want to tell. They're, and particularly comedically, they hear the music of the comedy. That is hopefully, I mean, some actors are a work in progress. I think they learn on the job. They learn their comedic muse by getting hired and then working and observing those around them. I think that's a fair thing to say. But I think that yeah, the right actor starts to be someone that inspires you to write for them. And you know, character. sometimes an actor will come in and you'll just know, you'll just see that guy mm-hmm. and say, oh, wow, that's that's the guy. Yeah. And other times, uh, you know, you got to bring people back seven times and try it this way and try it that way. And, yeah. You know, and... You know, it's 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 all different because sometimes those guys turn out to be perfect. Yeah. You know, Ed Asner first went in 
on the Mary Tyler Moore show, and they didn't like him at all. And he came back and he tried something different, and eventually he became Lou Grant. But it's it's got to be really tough. Well, I'll get into those specifics uh, in a minute. But yeah. first, I want to talk about you and your job. Now, normally, what I do is ask where you're from, how you got into the job, yada yada. <laughs> but I know all the actors yeah. who are listening are going, "We don't care about that crap." And also, Just, yeah. you were there, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you already know all that. Yeah. So let's just just get into it. Yeah. As a casting director. What are your responsibilities? I see casting starting off at the beginning as an adaptive art. Uh, I feel as though your responsibility first up is to, uh, to, to, to really understand the story that's being told um, and to honor that, but at the same time be open to different approaches, different points of view that still tell your story, but maybe offer a little surprise, a little twist, a little something that wasn't on the page necessarily. So I think the the responsibility is... Um, you know, the large creative picture is to tell the story, uh, with actors you want to hang with. That's my, my thinking. Um, and then there's the other part, which is just the technical aspects, the mechanics, the, how you run a session, where you go to, how many actors you read, who you believe has something, there's something there that shouldn't be dismissed, but it's a work in progress. All of those, the discernment is the fun part. The diagnostics are the fun part as you see each right, actor. Right. And and a big part of it, I think, is um, aggressively going after those actors that you really, really believe uh, are, are, are of real strong interest to you, that you have a passion, that you fall in love with a little bit when they come in and that they read and maybe they are unsure as to whether this is something they want to do. I like not taking no for an answer. So that's part of it too. Hmm. So, um, so it's, it's, it's creative in that sense. And then you simply have to be organized. You have to structure your day very, uh, economically and you need to stay mindful of reads. You may have seen that weren't it then, but now, Two weeks later, it seems like, wait a minute, now that we're talking about this for a role, maybe that was someone that could now be a possibility. After every casting session, do you mark down what you saw for each actor? So, you know, again, uh, because I remember like in Almost Perfect, which which Sheila cast for us, one day an actress came in and she was really interesting, but she wasn't right for the role. Mm-hmm. And we said, man, there's, there's got to be some place for her. Right. And it was Jenna Elfman, yes. like way yes. early in her career. Early Jenna. But yeah. Um, yeah, so you made note of that. Yeah. And yeah. kept that in the back of your head. Yeah. 
there must be hundreds of thousands of actors. Do they change for you too? I mean, you see an actor mm-hmm. and you go, yeah, he's kind of meh. And then he comes in and he reads for something else and you go, wow, he's, he's a lot better. And then a couple of years later, you go, wow. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's got it. Yeah. And, um, and a really interesting record of that is if there are auditions on tape that we would get from New York right. at, in terms of the New York coverage. And, and you have with you a VHS or a three-quarter, <laughs> a three-quarter as big as an anvil, and you look at those auditions, and there's a who's who on them that they were... It took a decade for them to emerge with their the strength of their personal voice and their ability and their... But they now are ready for the career that takes off. But they were interesting 10 years ago. They were just, just needed to, to, you know, percolate until they got to a point where it was really clear and their confidence in their, in their work and their, and they've lived 10 more years of life. So they got more interesting. Right. So that that happens all the time. So yes, in answer to your question, yeah, you make notes, but pretty much the people that are uncommonly special stay in your head and because it's uncommon. So there aren't that many that grab you in terms of their uniqueness and they stay in your head. And then notes help with other stuff. You so. know, and it's so subjective because, you know, I tell the story how... My partner David Isaacs and I had a pilot mm-hmm. at Fox about uh, 12 years ago, maybe a couple of years more, I don't know, years go by. And we saw this one actor, we said, God, we love this guy. We brought him to the network, which was Fox, and they went, nah. And we go, how, how could you not, this guy's really, nah, find somebody else. We read other people, we brought this guy back. We said, just see him again, maybe right. you had a bad day. And they saw him again. They go, uh, uh, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And we brought him back a third time. And we said, this is the guy. You have to give us the guy. And so begrudgingly, they did. And it's Aaron Paul. <laughs> okay? Right. Now, how can you not see Aaron Paul Right. and five seconds later go, wow, there's mm-hmm. something really special about this guy. Yeah, it, it, it feels like those those times feel like they rise above it being an opinion that someone. Uh-huh. It feels self-evident. Yeah, I, I'm hearing does. in your voice <laughs> like this isn't even my opinion. Right. It just is. This is a fact, right. not a – I'm not not – you know, it's not a passion. It's not a whim. It's not my opinion. It's a fact, and those times are of clarity are, um, are are hard to to ignore because they must have figured they saw some. They figured you see it, you know what it is, and then they come on board after one point about that being after seeing someone or someone gets. A role, and they grow on you over a season. They don't start to bore you. You right. don't lose interest. You don't drift when you're watching them. They do get, they grow, they get 
better, stronger, you'll hang with them for five years. Right. That's and, not everybody. And, of course, once you do hire that that actor over their objections and he becomes a breakout star, yeah. they take credit for it. <laughs> they discovered him. Which in <laughs> ways has a, its own language, <laughs> which we have, we all hear, and I think casting especially hears, they really stepped up. They grew. Their work got better. Their, all of those things that help you to see, help you to legitimize that, but it wasn't that before. They changed, not I changed. Right. And I now know what. Yeah, I was looking at. Yeah. You know, it seems to me one of the hardest aspects of being a casting director is so much of it is out of your control, mm-hmm. and yet you're held responsible. Okay, if if an actor turns out to be unreliable, if an actor who had a great reading suddenly is terrible in front of a studio audience mm-hmm. or, or whatever, then then you get blamed and. You had nothing to do with it, you know? You weren't even the person that said, okay, you're hired. Yeah, this is this is uh, the blessing and the curse. You are responsible for things over which you have no control. So, but you, you, there are times when I believe someone gets hired, they get to the stage, they get to the set, and the context changes. So maybe they're doing the exact same thing, speaks to the thing we just spoke about right. but the context within which they are they're doing it changes so that changes your perception of what someone is doing um what the 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 uh frustration is that yes you are responsible for these these outcomes um the on the upside uh casting is a bit of a it's a it's a bit of a niche that is unto itself because you are you lead the horses to water the producer director studio network uh whatever whoever speaks to to a final decision um uh makes them drink you know has them mm-hmm. take the drink but you're right. leading so you very often don't get credited for a hire because that decision becomes some someone else then owns that decision. Yeah, you're kind of like an umpire. Yes. When the game goes well, no one knows who you right, are. Right, right, right. The only time they know who you are <laughs> is when you blow a call. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> hopefully, I mean, sometimes people give acknowledgments to the first casting director they met in an office who then offered some adjustments or some encouragement or really helped someone get their best foot forward in front of a producer. Uh, and there are times when the talent recognizes that. Um, but then off they go. It's like the child that you see go off to school. Mm-hmm. Then they go off to their series, they go off to their movie, they go off to their job, and they become. They get to know everyone in, in terms of production and their cast sometimes much better than they had the opportunity to get to know you. So right. the world shifts a little. There, is, uh, there are many casting directors who will, will say point blank to anyone interested in casting, you must understand you won't get credit for anything. It, this is a real personally satisfying job. You have to be very 
satisfied with personally knowing what your contribution was because you may not get acknowledged for what it was ultimately you you are a fly on the wall I sometimes know. i mean it's a big issue that the tonys yeah. don't give an award yes. for casting yes. which to me is just criminal mhm and i don't think there's an academy award for casting no i don't think there is either. the emmy yay yay uh, have you won any emmys i was nominated this last year All for right. daytime for for the young and the restless that was that was that was a, a hoot of a process <laughs> it was a total hoot must be but, easy to um to find actors for the young finding the <laughs> restless actors <laughs> so true yeah so true. It's um, but what I do love about it is that it is um, you can really find someone's first strong opportunity to do something. You, I mean, how many actors have been nurtured and have come from daytime? It's sure, yeah. endless. The list of really, really super careers soaring. Them having spent. A certain amount of time in a in a daytime arena, and that's uh, that's a. I see why that happens is because you can, you 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 do not have to rely on a vast amount of experience. You can have someone uh, really find their footing uh, with um, great work and their first real you know challenge of a of a character um in this form so i like that because because the multicam which we go so way back with is very unforgiving oh yeah so there's 200 people in the audience and there's the crew and you screw up and everyone has to do it again yeah yeah you you don't either find your moment nail it or set up someone else's moment and simply feel the music of the comedy, it, 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 it's very unforgiving. So many a run-through that you do every day, which is you see what's on its feet every day with right. a few modifications, many a run-through has felt like someone has a target <laughs> on them. <laughs> and, and actors have been fired. Absolutely. Best. After, after run-throughs. Only the best have been fired, too. Some yeah. of the best have been fired anyway. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you a really tough question now. Okay. Okay. What happens, you see an actor who comes in to read for you, mm-hmm. and you just know this person is terrible. <laughs> just terrible. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to dash their dreams. But on the other hand, you're thinking, you know, you are just going to waste the next 10 years of your life because... You you are just terrible. I mean, if I went in to audition for an opera, <laughs> I could love opera all <laughs> I want, but I'm never going to get a job singing in an opera. Yeah, but the chances that your vocal instrument could improve or there would be a right job for you as a terrible singer in an opera um, are <laughs> slimmer than there might be a job for that person in something that utilizes their quality. Because I've been surprised 
and I won't name names, but I've been surprised and thought there was a job for that actor. And so you don't know. You don't know if something comes along there that they're perfect for in their inadequacies, but that you, it can be used in a way that is, if they're an interesting quality, look, um, odd, something odd about them. So I hesitate to, to, to get real with anybody because I've seen everybody that I perhaps thought you should do something else get a job. So <laughs> I'm like really careful. You know, at really this careful. point too, I should point out, a lot of people think, okay, it's all about rejections and actors come in there and, you know, people yeah. hate them. And, you know, when an actor comes in to read, you want him to do well. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want him to, to knock you out. Yeah. And especially there are cases where somebody will come in and have the right look or the right quality, yeah. and you're just saying, please be good. Please be good. Right. Yeah. The thing that I have a, uh, a friend who had said to me, and I think this makes sense, if, you, if, if you're in the wheelhouse of the role, storytelling, all that, you don't have to be perfect because I believe uh, casting will recognize that, oh, You've got the sensibility that that has that that we're looking for. This is right for you. Your your read is not does not have the strength, but this is right for you. You'll tend to maybe work with someone who has that quality. If you're great, you walk in a room, you're wonderful, uh, just a, a, a great read. But you're not right. Uh, it, it's just not right for the character or the role. Um, then it won't be yours no matter what. But you will have done work that someone remembers to bring back for when it is right. But you get, you do get, you know, you can, you can get, there are things that you get a pass if you are so right for the role. And you don't know why. I mean, that's that's the other thing for actors is you go in, you read, you don't get it. Yeah. You don't know. That that you were like on the one yard line. Yes, you know, right, exactly. Or oh, she's totally off. Or exactly, she's too old. Or blah blah blah. Exactly. Yeah. I I'm I don't think the job, uh, the casting director is obligated to feedback. I don't believe it, it, people choose different ways in which when they are speaking to the representative or when they're in the room with the actor, I don't believe the casting director is obligated to feedback. I don't think that's part of your job is to say what I think of what you're doing. You offer it up if you want to. Um, I've often said that you send me a self-tape. My feedback is I watched it. I don't, nec- I don't have to tell you have to have a better, how to have a better tape. I don't need to. That is not part of my job. Right. Uh, is, is offering uh, information. As right. to what I see. So I think sometimes people think that is part of your job, is that you are to tell people where they stand in terms of uh, are they going to get a call back or what 
what they could do to be to have a better read. You, you it's get, not your job. You also get put in a, a tough situation sometimes because maybe you like a particular actor, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, the producer didn't respond to him. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know you can't throw your boss under the bus. And right? say, I, I liked him. Right. I, I thought he was great. You know, but the uh, right. idiot producer. what their problem is. Yeah. Because <laughs> this, this is the one that should have gotten it. And, you know, there are actors through the years that um, I believe it was a mistake to go with someone else that didn't get the part that they should have had. Mm-hmm. I believe that also some actors think that it was something they didn't do well enough. It was something that, and and in my mind, it's like, no, no, no. Y- you came in, y- you you were the character, a mistake was made, and right. who was hired. Right, and that happens. Yeah, And happens. to me, that's why, huh? that's why as, as a producer, it, it's it's always so much pressure on me because mm-hmm. it's subjective, mm-hmm. and you... Oftentimes, we'll see somebody and go, yeah, maybe he could grow into the role. Or, no, this is the best you're going to get. Yeah. Should we go with him? And, you know, another problem now when you're casting network pilots is that all of the network pilots are being cast during the same window of time, Uh during the same four or five week period of time. And so you may see somebody and you may like him. And in the old days, you'd say, okay, put him down for callbacks. Yep. And in three weeks, we'll, we'll bring them back. Yeah. Well, you see a guy and he's kind of interesting. And then you get a call from the casting director saying he's been given an offer yeah. on another show. Right. And he's going to go to the network at five o'clock. <laughs> uh-huh. So you could lose him. Uh-huh. He could go to the network and not be approved, and he's still out there. Or if you make him a deal beforehand, yes, then you know, and you're going. <laughs> I liked him. I don't know if that's the guy right. I want, and uh, and it's it's very frustrating. And things can turn on a dime, like you said. You you find information that they're going to test on a on a dime because they're trying to stay ahead of anything else that might be interested in the actor. You want to get first dibs, and so and you're right. You're you're. It's cart before horse in a way, and you don't have the opportunity to maybe do a chemistry read, to maybe see another scene, right? To have a small chat with someone, to get a sense of who they are. Um, yeah, it's like everybody what rushing a frat or rushing a sorority. Yeah, it's, it's, it's musical it's, chairs. Yeah, yeah. It's um, and that's a real. Oh gosh, it's for casting. It is to keep your tabs on everyone that's in play. It's 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 a it's a moving target. So everything that's in play to, to keep yourself aware, so that you can protect best ideas for your producers, is is a huge challenge. And so it's, um, yeah, it is somehow everyone lands, and and projects get made. I believe a second round, like 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 pilot season two point happens where. If it didn't, if a change needs to be made in a 
project that will be picked up, then there's a second round of whose show did not, you know, is not going to continue. Right. So all of a and sudden, then, certain okay. people right. are suddenly available. available. And, and I've talked to actors who go out on auditions on a lot of pilots, mm-hmm. and they'll get a call back three weeks later mm-hmm. to go back to a, a pilot, and they'll say, you know, I've done eight pi- I forgot what I did. Yes. On that pilot. It's like whatever it was that I did that they loved. And, you know, and you walk back in and the producers are going, okay, do 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 what you did. Do do what you did. And it's like, they don't know. It's my heart goes out to them. Exactly. It's because we're human. I don't think it's possible to blueprint, particularly like you said, with 40 projects that someone who is in demand might be looking at or having gone in to read for. I mean, it's it's very... I mean, the you want, I think, you tell me, you want the consistency. You want someone to be able to... to um, their, their work, particularly comedically, that it will be found in from the same approach, in the same way. But you also want a bit of added vibrance right to because you see something the exact robotic way five times it does it start to make you think that's it's not organic it can't be i'm not finding it as funny as the first time i saw it and and I, i will tell you that you have a scene that you really like and you really think is funny uh huh and then you go through casting session after casting session, yes. and you hear actors just just crunch it and just kill it time and time again. That that after a while you go, is this funny? <laughs> <laughs> is is this funny? Like what happened here? Yeah, and there's there's schools of thought on that, which is you know, uh, if you're burned out on hearing it, change it. I think I think Jim Burroughs said, don't change it. Because you'll know when someone walks in and you hear it for the first time, it's like you're hearing it for the first time. Right. There's, there's, if they do it right. Yes. Yeah. There's your, you know, there, there, there's something there. And so, and also when someone comes in after an exhaustive search, do you find, because in my work with, with you, it felt so simple when someone came in and that was it. It felt like, was that so hard? They they just made it exactly how you may have heard it, with all the nuances and and unexpected moments. They were funny. It just seemed so easy. You weren't seeing them work. You weren't seeing them. Right. It, like I say, just, yeah. They, you just come in and you go. Well, that's the guy. Well, that's the guy. That's the, the language guy. changes. It do, it goes yeah. from that was a great read to that's the guy. Yeah. Or or that's the woman. It changes. It changes, and it seems effortless. Although I will tell you a story. David and I wrote a pilot, and when we write, we always have an actor in mind. Oh, okay. And, you know, oftentimes it'll be somebody we can't get, you know? Okay, uh, so Meryl Streep is going to play the mom, just so that we hear the same voice. And there was one particular part, Actually, there were two parts in this pilot 
that we modeled after specific character actors. Was this someone something I worked on? No, this was before you. Okay, because I don't remember. This was this was on the Mary Show. We, okay, we, we did this pilot for Mary Tyler Moore, and both of the actors actually came in. So when one of the actors came in and read his part, it was exactly the way we envisioned it. It was like perfect. We said, done, sold, okay? The other actor came in and read his part and did it pretty much exactly the way we had envisioned it. And when he left, both David and I said... I think we can get somebody better. <laughs> <laughs> which right? which we did. It was like, yeah, he did it the way we wanted. You wanted. But the, there's not a special quality to it. Maybe there's something more that that we can find. Did he did he not surprise you because if he gave you everything you expected he would. What surprised us was that we were disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to stop it there, but next week, lots of great stuff. We will get into the casting of Frasier, some more tips for actors, things to avoid doing during a casting session, and some great, insane anecdotes. So that is next week, Sheila Guthrie, part two on Hollywood and Levine. As always, our thanks to Adam and Susie Meister Butler and to Howard Hoffman. If you want to get in touch with me for any reason, my email address is hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. That's hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. Follow me on Twitter at Ken Levine. I'm also on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine. And as always, I would like a five-star review You know, that really does make me happy. So that'll do it for this week. Again, come back next week for part two. Really good. Sheila Guthrie will be my guest again. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. 